Joshua. Daniel. I found a box of sharp objects, and it's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, um <laughs> no <laughs> did the box did the context of the box taste like ink? Yeah. It did. Maybe the, maybe this is just a memory. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, say days ago when we listened to this. It was poetic tragedy when we really jammed on it. You know, when I go to a Michigan football game, I wear blue and yellow. Ah. <laughs> it's always greener with the scenery there. I like uh, doing this podcast just a little Japanese bonus track. Should we give these listeners a little noises and kisses by getting into it? <laughs> All right. All right. Digital get down. Oh, that's last week. <laughs> How uh, many listens did that episode get? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll look it up while you're talking later and we'll, we'll bring it up. Um, yeah. So welcome everyone. This is episode 30 of Beside Ourselves, and if you couldn't tell, which maybe you could, maybe you couldn't, this week we are doing the used self-titled album from 2002, and actually, in a, in what is our normal fashion, no way, the 19th anniversary of the release of this album is Friday. Oh, damn. On my mom and my sister's birthday. So... Yep, June 25th, 2002 is when this album came out. So, and it is currently June 20th as we were recording. Yeah. We have quite the knack for that. We're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah, and we never, we literally never mean it. Yeah. The one time we meant it, it was just the outcast we knew because it had already like passed, but... Why are we doing this episode, Josh? What an exciting thing is happening that made us want to do this? Oh, well, well, there's two things. The first thing is that uh, I think we were both busy, or at least I was busy. We're like, let's do an album that we can that we both already know pretty well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But also, uh, we bought concert tickets recently because concerts are a thing again, and um, the use is touring with Coheed and Cambria in the fall. Um, no Detroit date. Total bullshit. Ohio got three dates. Detroit, no date. Yeah, what um, the so fuck? We are traveling down to Columbus, Ohio to see them. Um, but honestly, those are both... The Used and Coheed are both bands that I would pay to see both by themselves with no good openers. Um, or no openers I know, I should say. And actually, Meet Me at the Altar is playing. Yeah, I was about so to I'm say, like, you know Meet Me I'm at all, the Altar. I'm all about it. I'm very excited for this show. Um, and, you know, Columbus is not that, that far. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I do either. But, hey, you never know. Might be might be great. So, um, we didn't, uh, we went to Motion City and Lipstick Jody was the opener. And then look where we are now. So, um, so. You were the last concert I went to before the shutdown, and you're going to be the first concert I go, or a person I go with to a concert after the shutdown. <laughs> That's how it should be. Yeah. That's how it should be. You know, I we kept saying that uh, Motion City was our last concert, but we technically went to Snowcella, which was like a DIY uh, thing that Former Critics was playing at down here in February. It was at uh, was it at Howard's in Bowling Green? Oh, so, where where Tab seen Fall Boy play. So fancy tab. Yeah, she's 
she's fancy fancy as fuck ah. so yeah um personal history for the used uh and for this album in general um i remember listening to this album like with my friend brandon in high school like driving around you know how like back then when you were young you could like you would just drive around and listen to music with your friends yeah. because gas wasn't super expensive yet and it was like a new thing to do well yeah so this was i remember like singing taste of ink at the top of my lungs in the car um and that was like before i really had dove into this like punk derivative genre like i knew blink and green day and maybe a couple other things but i was mostly just listening to like popular music but brandon had that used cd and um here we are and i but i i will say the first album the second album i really liked them i was never like a super fan and i actually didn't see them live until warp tour 2011 and that was kind of like oh like they're playing let's go over there and watch a couple songs and then but then i i did go to that 15th anniversary tour where they were playing like the uh self-titled first night and then uh in love and death in love and death i wanted to say a love and death and i was like no it's a love and death <laughs> a love and death in love and death the second night did you not get into lies for liars then no lies no. for liars is a fucking jam that's a good album uh imaginary enemies is a good album and then heartwork from last year is amazing their yeah, middle stuff their middle stuff isn't my favorites. There's like cherry pick songs from them that I don't mind, but they went through a weird, very, I know you, the artsy phase, but it didn't even resonate with me really. Well, maybe if you didn't like it, I would, who knows? I don't know. I mean, um, artwork was a pretty good album and I feel like I like shallow believer, but I don't remember, but I remember not liking vulnerable that much. And what's the one, the Canyon that was really weird. I don't know. I need to go back maybe and try it again, but you never know. Stuff comes out and it hits you at the wrong time. And um, I've definitely, I've, you know, I've gone back and listened to stuff that I, that I was like, didn't like initially and then liked it later. So um, I do like heartwork though. That came out and listened that to was That great. was like all, most of my highest played tracks from last year were songs off that album. So um, what about you, Danny? You're, you're a way bigger um used fan than i am i feel like i feel like you're the person that got me into the used really <laughs> i don't even I'm not know saying you gotta tell the story you've already told it on here so you don't have to tell it and if you don't want to tell, tell i'll tell cut out story. this part i'll cut out the part where i'm saying <laughs> yeah. you don't have to tell the story the story of me meeting them was rough and we've talked about it in the past episodes but we don't need to get into it not a big deal <laughs> no not but I don't have a I don't I don't even remember how my history with this band started. It's like one day I just had the album and loved it. Like I don't remember who showed it to me or how I found it. It was just like I remember I think it was on Fuse. You remember Fuse? Yeah. The alternative to MTV. I saw the music video for a box full of sharp objects. And I think that was like one of my first experiences into the quote unquote screamo scene. Like that mixture of like, you know, pop pop punk emo hardcore because i don't yeah. know that's it is a blending of styles yeah yeah screamo is definitely one of them though for sure like, yeah but i think that was the first time like i've heard hardcore and metal bands and i've heard pop punk and emo bands so i think this is like the first band that like melded them perfectly and blew me away 
I mean, yeah, that's the melding. That's the, they take things that you on paper wouldn't think necessarily were. I mean, we know that they work together because we know other bands that have done it, but like this is the, the melding of like harder screamo type stuff and like really melod, like really good melodies is like, it's masterful. Yeah. On this album. So. Yeah, you know what I do? I, I have one the used regret. Um, I I had the opportunity to see them on Taste of Chaos ah, the first time it came around. Went to that. But I didn't go to it because I didn't buy tickets to it because I already I was a college student and I didn't have like tons of money and I was already going to a Fallout Boy show and I don't remember who was playing with them. And a um, Matchbook Romance show. I don't remember who's playing with them. And it actually might have been the Epitaph tour with, with the first time I saw Motion City. I'm not really sure. It's all kind of fuzzy. Um, but they were both the same week. It wasn't the same day. Like I could have done it if I wanted to spend the cash. Um, but I decided to not go to Taste of Chaos because I was already going to two shows that week. Um, and Tab went to the Toledo show. I was there. And. Uh, Never lets me forget it. I mean, let's go over the lineup there. The Use, Census Fail, My Chemical Romance, Under Oath, Seo Sin, and Kill Switch Engage. Yeah, How I don't do think all of those bands up? were on every date, though. I remember seeing uh, Under Oath, My Chem, The Use, and Kill Switch for sure. I don't know if I remember seeing Seo Sin there. I've seen Seo Sin before. I have too. I think Seo Sin might have been switching out. Like Seo Sin was on like half the tour, and they were, and like Under Oath was on the other half or something like that. I, I'm not sure. But I will but, say, I know you're, I don't know if you're a fan, but I thought you were more of a fan. I didn't like Killswitch Engage at that show. Um, I'm not a deep dive fan. I, there's Killswitch Engage songs that I like, and I did see them <laughs> with, uh, we went and got like cheap Upper Bowl tickets when there was a tour. It was like Killswitch Engage and Avenged Sevenfold. We went, Tab and what, I. What era of Avenged Sevenfold? Wait, this like, was tabs, but yeah, way later. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but Kill Switch Engage played fucking Holy Diver, and someone told <laughs> Tab, they're like, they're not going to play that. And and they did. And I was like, ha, perfect. I got to hear all the songs that, like, those are two bands that I'm like, cherry pick. Like, I like these songs, and they played every song that I knew. So I was like, I'm, I was set. So I was such a big Avenged Sevenfold fan when they first started. Their first two albums were so good. And then he couldn't scream anymore. And he got lessons from Guns N' Roses lead singer. And then that's what happened to that band. <laughs> See, I liked I liked um that you probably like the one with Bat Country and all that. Oh no, no the white no, album. I, the, I like the one with like with Afterlife. And, yeah. I didn't mind it, but I was such a big fan of their first well, like, yeah, Waking the yeah. Fallen. Ooh, yeah, no, so. totally. It's totally different. It's like when it's like when you like the uh, what's the they're only chasing safety like that. I, I like that was my introduction to Under Oath. So I was like, yes. And then I heard the harder stuff and I was like, no, I like this. The I like this one better. And but all their older fans were like, what the hell? This song, this album's too, too light or whatever. So I get it. Yeah. Do you um that <laughs> that it? OK, I, I did. I've, I was like, did I cut him off? I'm not sure. No. Uh, 
I mean, okay. like I said, I don't know how I got into him. I was just into him heavy out of nowhere. Hey, it just, it just obviously it's just from Fuse. I miss yeah. Fuse. That was a good channel. Back I miss music videos like being on a channel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to watch them on your YouTube. <laughs> All right. Stat sheet history. Um, so this is the first album came out like i said before it came out on june 25th 2002 it was produced by john feldman from goldfinger i think he produces a lot of albums he does and he's dope at it yeah um and uh so all the guys were in like various bands together um prior like kind of you know I saw a lot of stuff about like they were in this band for a little bit and then they were these two guys were in this band and then these two guys were in this band and then these guys were in a band with Bird at one point and then and then they formed the used around the beginning of 2001. Um they made a de the demos from the basement uh demo and they sent it to John. Uh he actually told them it sucked and they worked on their sound and then he flew them out to do label showcases. Um, and they signed they which didn't go well right at first, but then they ended up signing with Reprise Records in late 2001, which I thought was interesting because, you know, for the most part, this genre and the genres close to it are kind of like, especially at this time, are kind of presented as like not mainstream and like quote unquote underground, which and then you learn things like, Oh, Fall Boy actually signed with Island, and then they said, "Hey, put them on Fueled by Ramen," so it gives them like some street cred. <laughs> but they were always they always had a contract with them. So, but like the used signed like their first album, major label. Yeah, the, right. Reprise was started by Frank Sinatra. It's like a war. It's a like a major label under Warner Media Group. Like that's it's fine. Like some of this, some of the like street cred stuff isn't real. It's just people being stupid. So if you can get on a major label, do it. You're you're this is your job. Like, yeah. so um, it peaked at, it peaked at 63 on the billboard 200, which I feel like is huge because this isn't, this is a time period where blinking green day is your, is basically in Jimmy world is basically what's getting TV and airplay. Yeah. Um, they hadn't exploded yet. It doesn't explode for a couple more years. Um, and then this album actually did eventually go platinum. Um, it, and it, I think it did it relatively quickly because it, it had already gone gold, like within a year of being, uh, I didn't see what like the actual platinum date was, but it is, uh, platinum, which is cool. So it's very, I think it's a big deal to have this successful an album on your debut album when you're, you know, in a genre that hasn't kind of peaked into the mainstream consciousness yet so that's that's pretty cool happy for them so <laughs> um yeah that's good what i got them. yeah good good job guys good job bert so uh I, we would be remiss uh tab would be mad at me if i didn't mention that bert uh did date kelly osborne at one point and was on two episodes of the osborne's really that's important yeah. to her <laughs> well she's likes kelly osborne so oh okay i'm also Sometimes I'm going to start putting little things in here to see if she listens. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. You want to go through the tracks? Let's get into it. 
All right. Uh, track number one. Maybe memories. Garbage. No, I'm just kidding. <gasps> oh, this is this is such a personal fucking track. Not for me, but like I mean, I feel like it the whole album is like I know. Like I think that's one reason this album works so well is because Bert is getting over doing meth. And he's writing all these songs about how it's fucked up his life, and it's very personal. And like this song is like straight a page out of a diary of someone who's like, you know an ex-addict or working on not being an addict anymore. Yeah. You can see his struggle with addiction recovery in his voice, or you can hear it in his voice in this whole song. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is going to be a theme running through. Like, Oh, yeah. I say, I want to say this. I'm not saying this as it's like a bad thing, but almost every song on this album, you could say this is either about addiction or it's about a girl or it's about both there's a song on here that i think a lot of people think is about a girl that i've always thought was about drugs and then there's a song later on that i thought was about drugs that i've read that was about a girl so yeah well and i i will say um when so when we saw the used do their anniversary tour bert talked a lot in between each song actually so much that i got a little like annoyed because i was like you could have done both these albums in one night if you didn't talk so much. And then I wouldn't have to buy two concert tickets, Bert, but it was still great. It was still awesome. But uh, like, man, it seemed, it's kind of seemed like every song he was like, and this song was about when I was on drugs and drugs and blah, 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 drugs. Like um, I'm, I'm really glad that he's clean and doing well because it's, he sounds like he had a really hard time, um, you know, when he was young. So yeah, like a really hard time. And I know, he actually went through a stint again in the middle of is it after in love. He, at, at one point later in the career, he fell off the wagon and then yeah. he got back on the wagon. So he's been clean. I think he's been clean and sober since 2012 at this yeah. point. Yeah. So but I remember him. It was after the next album. I was watching him do interviews. He was talking about one of the music videos where they were. He was like screaming into a mirror. And it's for a song off that album. You talk about how coked up he was when he was doing that or how mm. high he was. And I was like, oh, so you fell off after you got famous again. That sucks. You get famous well, writing great songs about fighting addiction and then you get back on the well, addiction. Some, some rough stuff happened while they were making that second album, which we can we can, <laughs> we can get into when we do that album because we yeah. will because it's great. Just like this one. So. Yeah, we're, we're. I'm spoiling it. This album's great, and we're. It is gonna, great. So, <laughs> might get the highest rating of any album rating we've done so far. I do have one song that is not bad, but it's ranked lower than you'd think. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, yeah. So, but the, yeah, like we said, this song is um about Bert's drug addiction and kind of like how he managed to recover after he uh realize how bad it was affecting him you know um but and it uh it's pretty hard but it also has the melodic part in the middle which is nice and gives <laughs> me a lot of things that we say that i say in a lot of these songs and it doesn't mean that the songs are all the same it just means that yeah it's good at what he does and um he uses it masterfully so cool that's what i got for song number one me too all right, number two, um, the taste of ink. 
What are some of your favorite? This is probably hard. I should have prepped you before it's this. Okay. But what are some of your favorite that you could think of? Escape from that hometown songs like the town I grew up in sucks because that's what the song's about. The taste of ink and. You know, I, I read that he grew up in a Mormon household or something like that. So yep. no one believed in him. But the whole like, school when he was 16 was homeless. The whole song is like, you know, getting the fuck out of there, like leaving town, leaving this shitty town that you grew up in. Can you think yeah. of any other like songs that you love? Like I'll name some and you'll be mad instantly that you think of them. But. I feel like there's a yellow card song on there on, on Ocean, Ocean Avenue. Avenue. The song um, Ocean Avenue. <laughs> well, no, there's one that's like back home, like talking because they're from Florida and they moved to California. And I don't know. We don't know talks about getting away with you. Like, never mind. Grand Theft Autumn. Is that one about getting out of your town? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we the kids. I thought it was, I thought about, I thought it was about where's your boy? Right. <laughs> Plus 44's baby. Come on. Um, Newfound Glory's hit or miss, man. All time low, come one, come all. Gray one. The Ataris, most of their songs, honestly, but how I spent my summer vacation. Boys of Summer. But yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, this one's one of my favorites of the let's escape this hometown. Let's get out of here. What are you doing? What are I'm you listening to this song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is, yeah, well, so the quote I got was, um, the taste of ink is pretty much about being frustrated and maybe biting on a pen, according to Burt McCracken. Uh, this is the first single. I thought the other one was. Which one? I thought, why am I drawing a blank right now? Box, box full of sharp of, objects. No, so it says, despite never being released as a single, a box of sharp ob- objects received airplay starting in july and was a band directed music video was in rotation at radio or tv stations but it wasn't like technically released as i know it's dumb it wasn't technically released (laughs) as a single all right cool that means i was ahead of it because i like the band before a single was dropped Mm. but it but it it (laughs) makes sense that i yeah it makes sense though because i thought it was weird you know the album comes out in june yeah and this like taste of ink wasn't released as a single until september of that same year so it's like you know think about how early like nowadays how far in advance of an album drop we get singles like half these bands release half the album before yeah well look at look at angels and airwaves we literally we have, have five four, four or, or five four. songs and this album doesn't come out until september although hey, if some i dropped of half the album some of that's covid but yeah but uh, yeah I, like nowadays you don't see music videos as much anymore which is sad Every once in a while, but I think a lot of bands still do them. They're just not, um, they're not as like a part of, I, I honestly don't know why they do them anymore. Cause I feel like you get, I, mean, I love music videos. Do they make any money off of them? How do they, I mean, That's it's all, I don't know. Sales. I mean, I guess they do. Cause they probably are able to monetize them for YouTube plays or whatever, but so, I mean, I, I watched that Manchester orchestra music video, uh, got to be at least 50 times now so if they get monetized there you go look at that i'm helping, I'm helping you guys pocket. out <laughs> um, crying it every time i yeah so this song is such a good song it's easy to sing along to and the chorus is so good and so easy to sing along to just like ugh, so good <laughs> it's it's a jam 
and this is like i know i listened to more of that album like like i was saying in high school but this is like the track that i remember like i have specific memory of like singing along to it so cool goodbye yeah. to that song goodbye to you um it's taking up our time so let's go to the next track <laughs> uh, which is number three bulimic I definitely saw this as a drug-related song, like straight up. I mean, the lyrics, uh, I'm all about to, or I'm about to do all the things I've dreamed of, and I don't even miss you at all. Like, fuck you. Like, that's someone talking to Coke or their, their, themselves on Coke. Or not Coke. He did meth. My bad. But I don't know. And the drums on this track are sick. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, yeah. This is definitely one of those ones that it's. I, I should I listen to these could, as we go too. Because I, I thought I, it could be um, interpreted either way, but I think I mean, the drugs. I think the yeah, drugs. It's probably about drugs. I think, yeah, and I think I mean, either way, it's really relatable. The song is really relatable. It's you know, it's uh, if as you know, someone in recovery. I'm not someone in recovery, but like I'm sure that like people in recovery like this is they can you know ditching it and bettering their life they can they can feel that like and um and then anybody can relate to uh saying goodbye to someone in a bad relationship i wasted my time like so like i I definitely could see how people could like look at it as a relationship song too well that isn't that the that's uh that's just good songwriting like make it impactful but also make it ambiguous enough that people can kind of attribute whatever they want to it to make it work for them so i do think bert's a great lyricist i do too and actually i'll be honest and tell you that i i learned while we were uh prepping for this that i didn't know the lyrics to a lot of these songs as well as i thought i did which is cool um because I, i you know i was just hooked in by the the music and the like the vocal melodies are so good that i was like been singing the wrong words or just like whatever for but it doesn't matter because the they were they were good but it, yeah it's like oh this is this all of this stuff is like so much darker uh than maybe i realized but you know I while know. researching this i learned something negative that made me very angry about the used what's that so i am a huge fan of quinn oh yeah his I learned style that too. his guitaring like his guitar work and i remember him leaving the band be, take care take time for family and cool whatever I support that. When he tried to get in back in the band and they didn't allow him, ooh, like you're lucky. Oh, that's that makes right me so they angry. Did a 15th anniversary tour too. Yeah, and like, why him and Bert were like best buddies? Like, there's a song on here about their friendship. Like, what happened? Quinn is an amazing guitarist, and I always considered Quinn like an essential used member. I mean, he's actually, a, all four of them. Member. I mean, yeah. The only time I was okay with a band member from the U's leaving and then someone replacing them is when the one guy, not the one, I forgot his name off the top of my head, but the one that went to Rancid, the drum for Rancid. Yeah, yeah. Because I love Rancid and I thought that was a fun fit. And then their new guy worked out really well too. So fine, that's that's cool. But let Quinn back in. What the hell? I met that guy. He was really cool. This is full of vodka. Is it? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that reminds me of uh <laughs> yamakan <laughs> yep. mcdonald's cups 
It's my Jersey Mike's cup full of root beer and vodka. All right. Um, I thought you gave me a look. That's why I said No, I don't care. You can do whatever you want. Um, so, yeah, that's what I learned, and I'm not happy about it, even though I do love hard work. <laughs> so that yeah, sucks. But. A little bit less now. No, not, I mean, it's not like they... T- <laughs> I'm just... I'm I'm hurt. Why would they not? Like, what was the friendship fallout? Because Quinn was like the nicest guy. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. We haven't really. I mean, we heard we heard about it, but we didn't hear about it from everybody. We don't really know what's. Uh, I wish I could on. go back in time to when I met them at Fye and be like, "Hey, Bert, why are you going to kick Quinn out of the band in, tw- in like eight in years? 2015? <laughs> why are you going to do that? Why do Why are you going to do that, Dick? Okay." Let's move on. Sorry. Are you nervous about kicking him out of the band in 15 years? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was say days ago when that happened. Yeah. Track four, um, say days ago. <laughs> this song is another song about his past crystal meth addiction. What? Yeah. So wow. me and Ann are currently watching Breaking Bad. Have you ever watched it? Nope. No, oh, it's I really know. good, wow. but. It's currently, it just got over the storyline with Jesse dealing with crystal meth and like the whole very dark storyline that happened there. So like this whole song, I was just thinking about like a very dark scene in that show. I was like, oh shit, like this is matching up with what happened in the show. So yeah. I I love with like the the pre-chorus and the chorus where he's like the screaming, like same, strange, you know, and then he, and but then he goes into the singing, like I just... He does this on a lot of songs, but I, yeah. I just, the way that it happens in this song, I just, oh, screaming, transitioning into singing. The chorus is so good. That's what I wrote. And I love his guttural scream when he's saying makes me ill. Yeah. Like over and over. Cause God, you think he's referencing that in sync song? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. Me, me no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that joke was poetic tragedy though. That's for sure. Oh, we're moving on already. I'm cool. Oh, with that. I, no, that's <laughs> fine. I, I didn't have anything else to say. It was just good. I don't know. Like, yeah. This, yeah, this episode I thought it. was going to be so good. It's going to be bad because we're just like, yeah, it's good, man. It's about drugs and it's good. I like it. It sounds good. Okay, next track. Are you ready for my hot take? Yeah. This is my mass song on the album. Really? I think it's like when it came out, I didn't completely love this song. I still think it lacks something. I don't know what it is. And, until two minutes when it like breaks in. I don't know. I just something about it. Maybe it's the guitar part and the drums during the first two minutes. It's just like very too chill. Yeah, but I think it that's what makes the end better. I guess it's so. like I love that you have timestamps for I know, I do that. <laughs> well, when I'm taking um, notes, I want to make sure. No, no, I'm, yeah, you're no, you're right. But um I don't, it's, it's not a bad song. Do not get me wrong. There's not a bad song on this album, but this is my least favorite song on the album. Yeah, I just, I, um, I will, the thing that I thought was the, the thing that I thought about it that was, um, not like perfect was I do think like the, the way that he writes it in third person's perspective is kind yes. of pretentious. And I was like, why, why? Well, also the whole album's like, like we talked about, like, diary style like fighting with my demons and him like just laying it all out there and then this song is like a storybook he's reading to us sorry didn't mean the to cut chorus you is so good i'm listening to right now though <laughs> and I'm even bo- i like the one minute mark i mean it gets the second one is like better 
Yeah. And then when he go, he does that like high thing. Oh, the high scream. It's, it's wild to me how um, high he can clean vocals and then also doing like, I mean, his his screaming isn't low. Like it's still kind of. Yeah. It's not high, but it's not low. But it's just like wild that his voice is able to do all of that. And that he still like he still sounded good. I know it's a couple years ago now, but like you think like doing this. And then also doing like singing the way he's able to sing, but then also doing all the drugs that he did, like still sounded really good at that at those concerts. Um, so I'm I'm very impressed with him as a vocalist. Like me too. I read I think I read something about him like recording a lot of these vocals in a bathtub, at least maybe for the demos, hmm. like to get that like loud screamy sounds. I think it was on the maybe memories. Like remember the like DVD. They yeah. came out after this. I owned mm-hmm. it. I'm pretty sure he was talking about it on there. I would like to watch that again. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Probably. I did. Anyways. Um, I I saw that there was the one bonus track, and so I I uh, looked it up and saw that it was the Japanese bonus track was released in the states on Maybe Memory. So I was looking through some of that stuff. So. Um. Yeah, no, I think I said all I need to say about that one. This is uh, this all, oh, you know what? We didn't really. So, this song is supposedly like this is about his background and like his Mormon upbringing and like him re- rebelling and and initially becoming addicted to drugs, like kind of like going a little bit farther back into his history to write. Maybe that's why there's a maybe that's why the perspective is different because it's like he went like even farther back. I don't know. Yeah. Also, calling yourself a poetic tragedy just seems like peak like early 2000s emo yeah <laughs> like this I'm sure that is was a, is a, a screen aim name yeah i was gonna say it's a wa- it's a walking aim away message this song like <laughs> so in the best way that's you know wouldn't have it any other way all right number six buried myself alive i fucking love this song the guitar in the beginning, ugh. I just think it's beautiful. I, th- I feel like too many people think this song is about a girl, but I really think this is another song about addiction, like hardcore. Well, let me read you what the man said. Oh, he's- I love when you actually have facts. So McCracken said, Buried Myself Alive was about a girl. It's Aww. about drugs. No, no, no. So this is a quote. was about, about a girl. It's about drugs. It's about loss. It's about being alive, about living. Which is the kind of thing he says about most songs. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think for well, him, like, uh, probably every song is a little bit about drugs at this point. Like, right? Not with throwing lyrics, any shade on him. Just... With lyrics like, this time I'm not going to watch myself die. I guess I'm going, I guess it's okay I puked my days away. Like, how is that not just drug related? What well, could be about both, right? Like, I mean, I think that's what, what he's saying. I don't know many relationships where I didn't want to watch myself die and puke my days away. Maybe I just, I don't know. You even live, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Do you puke a lot after your relationships, Josh? <laughs> not me, not me. This was the second single, <laughs> January 28th, 2003. So good. Out. Yeah. I, I remember um, the music video pretty distinctly. I don't. I don't know if I've seen any of the music videos for this. Ah, uh, oh, you should watch them. They're fun. In a long, in a long time. Um. I love like the low key verses leading into like the huge choruses though. 
Um, and you know how sometimes, and they, they definitely did this with like blow me with their new and their new, but when there's like a lyric that you just like love so much, but you can't like put it on Twitter or anything or like, because yeah. it's like bad. Like, I love that. Like my foot on your neck. Like I felt like finally like, have you yeah, like, right where I want It's like so to. gross, but also like just the way yeah. he sings, it makes me <laughs> love it. Like, so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know exactly what lyric you were talking about. Yeah. You said that. <laughs> I remember one time with the with blow me. Uh, I don't think you ever saw it, but I like. <laughs> I love that. Like, what if you found a gun? That that whole like, that whole sentence in that song. And I what I did I tweeted it, but I just tweeted the first letter from each word with a period in between, and then I tagged you. And I was like, <laughs> I wonder if he'll get. I don't think you ever saw it because you didn't respond to it. But it's like when was this? It's like in the summer when that song was hot. And I was like walking and I was like, I'm going to do this. This would be funny. But I didn't even know. No, it's sorry. <laughs> I don't get on Twitter much. I feel like whenever I'm, we have to talk a, about something. I'm aware. No, it's no, no worries. I was just <laughs> like, I'm going to do this. It'll make me laugh either way. So. Oh, so good. I'm just listening to it. Track seven. A box <laughs> sorry. of sharp objects. Oh, we're full circle to the beginning here. This song made me get introspective about myself for a minute. Yeah. I used to stand on the counter of Hot Topic in Adrian Mall and scream my lungs out to this song as it was playing. I remember. And my friends and the customers in the store and my coworkers thought it was awesome. I felt like a little rock star, whatever. This was very young, Danny. However, how many employees at the Adrian Mall hated me? Like the Zales across the hall or the air <laughs> or the Abercrombie next door. Like I know that mall was very boring, but I had to be kind of obnoxious. It was fun. I was having a blast at the time. Everyone... I, never, I never had a problem with it. Who cares what Kent thought? <laughs> Just thinking back on that, man. Hey, you know what? All those stores are closed now. So who cares? Yeah, that whole mall's closed <laughs> down now. Fuck that mall. <laughs> No, that's where we all met. So this was this is such a good song, and it's so fun to sing along to. On top of a counter in a hot topic in a mall. <laughs> so remember how I said this is what Bert says about all the songs? Yeah. So he says it's about drugs and alcohol and loss and love and being stoked that things are going to get better and always going to get worse, and it's just a great thing. Such a great thing. So drugs, <laughs> loss, and love, just like yeah. Um, it's okay. You know, he's, it's all good. Um, like I said earlier, this wasn't a single, but it was released to radio and TV. Yeah. So and I watched it on Fuse and it turned me onto this band. So is this song about self-harm? I didn't, I don't I assume the so. razor blade references made me think, but is that maybe that's for drugs? I think there's too many other lyrics that just pull away from that. Cause I didn't get self-harm from this song. Okay. Even though. The chorus is, I found a box of full of box of sharp objects. What a beautiful day. But no, I think it's about like, especially after watching Breaking Bad, they open their little box of needles and okay. stuff like I probably that's what the box of sharp objects. Ah, is. That actually makes way more sense. Yeah that, okay. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about it until you said that. That's Got what his it. box full of sharp objects was. Look at us. I'm packing yeah, it. Look at We're that. Like yep. <laughs> Detective work. Here we go. <laughs> Track eight, blue and yellow. 
blue and yellow. I re- this I have, is oh, go ahead. No, no you. I talk first all the time. Okay. Well, yeah, you <laughs> said the track, so I'll talk first. Um, so this song, um, I actually this is the third single came out in May of twenty third or twenty thirteen, two thousand three, and I actually remember hearing this song on the radio on eighty nine X, which is like, which is wild. Um, like. I just don't remember hearing songs on the radio like I remember hearing this on Indian X all the time. Okay, well then I'm not special, but No, um, you are. You're special. So you did say you already said this song is about uh well you, I don't think you said it was this song, but you said there was a song about Bert and Quinn, and this is the song. I thought this song was the romance song. I thought it was about a girl until I re- I actually didn't know the lyrics as well as I thought I'd like you said. Like you were going through, like I read the lyrics. It's like, oh, I had some of this wrong. Yeah, well, you know, you love some of your friends just as much as you love. Oh, I completely right? agree oh. with this. Like, I believe in bromance. We're bro romancing right now, forever. Yeah. Digital get down. <laughs> oh no. Um. Yeah. So uh, the the da, 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 da. when the band started to pick up, we were almost not being friends anymore because we were focusing so much time on the band and not on each other. Bert McCracken. But like, again, more, yeah. Quinn was Quinn was fucking there for him and an amazing friend. Why not let him back in the band? We don't know. Also, I did the say. Sing- Oh, I just said it was more sad now knowing that Quinn's not in a band. Yeah. And the singing on this track is insane. It's a great ballad. It's Oh my god, the the his like scream after the choruses like, "Oh my god. Bert, you greasy sexy man." <laughs> He's not he greasy a, anymore. He was a but dirty back boy. Back then he looked very dirty. He's a dirty guy. That's okay. Now he looks just like a rock star, but back then, yeah, man. So, (laughs) you know, I, I was watching some stuff like him talking about this time period. Um, like, but more recently it's like wild how much like healthier he looks now. Um, I mean, it makes sense if he's like, was in the throes of addiction, but like, and also, and something I watched, he said he gets a lot of complaints about him not growing his hair out again. I think he looks cool with his short blonde hair. Yeah, leave him alone. Leave, Let leave the man Brittany do. and Bert alone. <laughs> yeah, that's Brittany. all I got on this. It's a really good song. Okay, uh, number nine, Greener with the Scenery. I said I couldn't find any info on this song, but it's probably about drugs. <laughs> Honestly, and sad. I feel like this is the first song that the bass gets to shine. Like, do you, you can hear the bass right away yeah. and it's cool bass line. The bass, and I don't know if it's the mixing, but up until the last couple tracks of this album, I feel like you can't under or hear the bass at all. And that's just because I'm a, or was a bassist. Uh, the lyrics are not as exciting or deep as I feel like they could have been compared yeah. to the rest of the album. I feel it sucks because I feel like every instrument is killing it on this track. I just feel like this is the one track that Bert's kind of slacking lyrically, not singing, but lyrically, because I can't connect with it. You're just bobbing your head. You're just listening to it right now. Yeah, I'm listening to you, though. I mean, I'm not. But most the vocal melodies are really cool, but I feel like all the songs are like tossed random emo quotes, like a generic emo quote creator. 
Now we go round again circles. Uh, come on. I wrote I it's, feel- a, it's a good song, but it's because there isn't a bad song on the album, but this might be one of this might be the weak song if there is one on the album for me. But don't you feel like if the lyrics were better that this would have been like a single? Because like, I don't know if I, it would have been a single. Like the instrumentation like- is good, but you know, it doesn't, a lot of the other songs have like, the chorus on this one is good, but it's not as powerful and emotional as well, that's of because them are. He's singing. Round again, round again, circles. Round again, round again, round, 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 round. Yeah, but he could, I feel like Bert could say anything and make it sound yeah. intense. He could be like Philly cheese sandwich, like <laughs> Philly cheese, think. Philly cheese sandwich, mushrooms and onions on, please. <laughs> we just rewrote it. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna look it up. It's punk rock eat uh, weird owls over here. <laughs> I don't know why I said Philly cheese. It's not even a Philly cheese sandwich. It's a Philly cheese steak. I need fucking. You, eat. I don't. You said hey, it. I just went off hey, of it. I don't know shit. I don't know shit either. Track ten: uh, noises and kisses. Um, I love the way this song starts with the guitar and just the drums. Yeah, and then and then I love the little like the little like bouncy riff like during the vor- the verses. Um, but man, like just another song where the screaming and the melodic stuff is mixed in the best way. I my note. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say the chorus is great, but then when he like the first chorus is like normal range and then the second course he like kicks it up and sings yeah. higher it's like ah oh. it's like if i haven't listened to this song in a while um it like it's almost surprising like i'm like oh yeah he sings really high the second time like, oh, that's the yeah. other song <laughs> <laughs> um my note is this is the perfect used song it could have been on any one of their albums it's just got almost everything that they bring to the table smashed into one song like if someone's like hey can you describe the used i would have them hear this one song because it's got everything that they do crammed into this one song it's an excellent song same (laughs) all right number 11 on my own you want a story time yeah let's hear it i love stories this song is really, really important to me. Oh. Picture it. Danny, early 20s. Okay, just, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing it. What color is your just hair? Just moved to Adrian. I think I had just black hair at the time. Okay, okay, okay. I moved in to a house with people I didn't know, but I had a little like window out onto the roof. So I sat on the roof and I listened to this, and I was terrified and scared and broke, and I had no money to my name. And like this song, I like listened to over and over because it just was like, it resonated with me so much. So like, I don't even know if the song's good, but it's so important to me that it's amazing. Is this when you lived uh, down the street in those apartments down the street from the college? It's when I, no, it's when I tattoo first party. Huh? <laughs> the, it was no, a tattoo party. I moved well, in. Go ahead. I moved in with my key holder that worked at hot topic at the time, like her and two of her buddy roommates. Just because okay. I didn't have anywhere to live in Adrian. Mm-hmm. And I only lived there for a couple months. I think six months. But I didn't know anyone. I was new to Adrian. I thought it was I thought I was making a huge mistake. And this song was really important. 
That's all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is a great, it's a great ballad. And, uh, it's, I, I love the part where he sings really high in the background, like later in the song. Yeah. Um, so this song, uh, da, 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 it's Quinn wrote it in like back when they were still in Utah, I guess. Um, there's a spot called Squaw Peak up the canyon in our hometown where you could look out over the entire valley where we live. Everyone around us move, was moving forward in different ways, and at times it felt like we were going nowhere. It was an early inspiration for the song. Uh, while we were in London recording our record, we sat down together and Bert wrote the lyrics to the song as we talked about it and put out our ideas as well. We also recorded the song while we were in London while we were in always oh, said that twice okay while we were in london we were fortunate enough to get some of london's top string players to come in and, and record on the song as well as a few others on the record sitting in the room while the orchestra recorded it was the most powerful beautiful thing we'd ever heard and that's, that's actually sweet. from the maybe memories booklet that's sweet yeah <sighs> man i just listened to it as we were talking about it, it still brings back memories that's good <sighs> It's good. Track 12, Pieces Mended. <laughs> Pieces Mended. Why does this jam have to be... Or why does this jam have the least amount of plays on Spotify? That's what pissed me off. Because I love this song, and it's last, got the le- Last song on the album. It's got excellent bass and drum parts. Killer guitar, and the Bert, Bert is punching us with his... Like, he's punching us with his voice. We got black eyes. <laughs> I really like the melody on the chorus and the and the riff that during the chorus too. I didn't find any background info on pieces mended though. No. I didn't either. I just wrote my feelings. That's what I do. You're supposed to find the background stuff. Well, sometimes <laughs> songs don't have the background stuff. Um, do you have any comments on the hidden track? Yes, I do. Choke me, held to the yes, heavy, crazy secret track. That is, I think, I don't know. Is, is it about addiction to porn on TV or? I don't know. I don't really. It's like, like the it. most hardcore. <laughs> well, it's because it's the most hardcore song on the album. Like just constant screaming. Fuck my ass now. Yeah, that's, that's why I think it's about porn. <laughs> we talk about like being addicted to the box, watching or sitting with the box. So it could be addicted to sex too. I don't even know. It's a the weird box, the box hidden of track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting to me. So I did, um, I did listen to just a little, which was the Japanese bonus track. I, I don't know not. if you're familiar with that, but I just I saw that and I was like, oh, I was like that'd be cool to. I like had already been listening to the album a couple times, and I was like, well, I want to hear something else that's like new to me. That's also like from this like golden era. And Wait, it's, you said it's it was on Maybe Memories? Yeah, it is. Then I did at one point because I used to own that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure you've heard it. I just I also listened. I didn't know they had a holiday song. Are you listening to it? I remember this. This is a yeah. jam. Oh, it's good. Ah, oh, okay, cool. Sorry. That's exciting. Thank you for reminding me of that. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, See, that's the album. It's really good. Yeah, we ca- did. We did. We like cook through that one. No, it's been. Yeah, but sorry, because I got a guest mix ready. So. Oh, good, good, good. But also, let's rate this bitch. Nine out of ten. Oh, I'm giving it ten. I'm saving ten for something that's like 
There's a few have... albums, and this is a 10 for me. Mostly because of the memories. That's true. Well, you, you know me. I'm like, a, if I had some more memories to put to this, I would it would probably get me there to 10. But I don't, because, uh, you know, that'll, for me, um, having a strong emotional attachment to a music because of a memory will put it way over for me. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's why I like Spice Girls so much. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was 12. It was great. Great time. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, da, da, da. are you guys listeners ready to learn about me through my guest mix? The giggity, my answers giggity, to the deep questions. Guest mix. I was trying to do like G in it, but then I realized G. Oh, yeah. G and guest. Yeah. We'll do NPR style. I'm going to tell everyone now that I'm a host and I cheated and I have two songs for every answer. <laughs> okay, Danny. All right, let's do it. Come on. How are you ready? What's your favorite love song? Oh, don't do it all creepy. <laughs> What's your favorite love song? My favorite love songs. I think Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's map song is beautiful. And then, oh, really? <laughs> no, no. So cutesy over here. The first time I heard my wife sing I'll Be Good to You by Brothers Johnson, like, <laughs> I, I know it's it, like, I I just, it reminds me of her. I think about her and just the way she used to sing it and like, or she still does what's well, but like dancing around. But that song, like, so that's like one of my favorite. I know it's not even like a love, love, love song. No, I, it's a love song I feel that. Me. Remember mine was, mine was Every Thug Needs a Lady. And that's totally just because it r- makes me think of Tab. So yeah, I feel that. You're good. I'll be good to you. Good to you. <laughs> so I'm, sure she did I'm sure she did it better. Oh, yeah. She can sing it way better than me, of course. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's flip the coin, Danny. What's your go to angry song? Angry songs. Uh, Bleeding Through, Love Lost in a Hell of Gunfire, and August Burns Red, Backburner. Both hardcore bands. What was the, okay, what was the band and what was the song on the first one you said? <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were reading a Pete Wentz song title for a second. Well, I mean, uh, the band is bleeding through. The song okay. is Love Lost and Hell of Gunfire. And it's one of their most like famous songs because it starts with uh, like the quote from Boondock Saints. And there was a firefight. And then it gets like, it gets so heavy. And it's great for when I'm angry. Very cool. You should check it out. I will. And the August Burns Red song, Backburner. Yeah, don't put that one on the backburner. That one deserves <laughs> its spot. Uh-huh. What's your What's your current... Th- what? This moment, right this moment. What's your current favorite song? Wait, we're skipping? I thought... Oh, my, my bad. Yep. Oh. What's the song that influenced you the most? I got two. Alkaline Trio's Private Eye. So, I mean, that influenced me to... Do everything in life, I feel like. <laughs> and then unwritten well, love. Wait, you're not a rap. private eye though. You don't know that. I'm confused. I don't oh, you don't true. You see my Hawaiian me. shirt? You don't know this what I'm doing long on the side. Con. You just been I am a private eye. the whole time. Um unwritten law is seen red. So like hey, I don't know them together. I know. But that what song about? it moved me to be more ambitious. I don't know. Both these songs moved me to want to try things. Like I could do that. Like I don't know. I love them. I love cool. them. Cool. So if you're having ha- having a hard time, I'll send you those songs. Okay. Be like, do it, Danny. <laughs> uh, the guy from the lead singer from that 
Unwritten Law who told us he was going to play Geronimo and didn't. <laughs> you still like, get over he's that. Like, he's like, my string broke. I was like, you're lying. You're a liar. You're a dirty liar. You can do whatever he wants. No, and that was funny. the only song No, it's funny. He's like, oh, I was going to play it. My string broke. No, I knew Seeing Red. Everyone knows Seeing Red. <laughs> okay. All okay. right. What? Okay. So now, now okay. we're here. What is your current favorite song? Currently, I have two. We Are the Union is the name of the band. I know Morbid. We Are the Union. I just didn't. Oh, just making sure. Morbid Obsessions. It's off their new album. I've heard the song. I love it. I put it on repeat a lot. And then, like I was talking about earlier, Manchester Orchestra has a song called Telepath, which I talk about all the time because the music yeah. video makes me cry. So I think those two are my current favorite songs at this moment that have been out. Good choices. Okay. All time. What's your all time favorite song? This was so hard to narrow down. <laughs> uh, I feel like I picked two songs that I go back to nonstop and always feel the same way about. So I guess that's my favorite. Sure. Um, Postal Service, when they covered Phil Collins Against All Odds. And then Straylight Run, Hands in the Sky, which is funny because both these songs start off real slow, like real slow. And then they get like a crazy drum beat and get insane. And I feel like maybe that's just like the type of song that hits me harder than ever. Wait a minute. What? Your favorite all time song is a Phil Collins cover song. <laughs> I, it's just that song. I am me. telling Peter Gabriel, how fucking dare you? I'm sorry, everyone. I'm learning so many new things today. I will. I will. Don't respond to a text you got on the mic. So what's wrong with you? There's an album coming out for next record store day that I want to discuss, but we okay. will get to it after my mix. Okay. <laughs> what's your go-to karaoke song? My go-to karaoke song. It's not one we've done together. We're breaking up. <laughs> wow. Uh, this one was really hard. Shamefully, my favorite is Bloodhound Gang's Bad Touch, but usually it's Motion City Soundtrack or The Used. Like one of those two. Those. Although I've seen you, I've, I've seen you do bad touch. So yeah, I will I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, canceled, Danny. Canceled. Oh man, what a time! Uh, uh, <laughs> what song makes you want to get up and dance? Easy one: Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson, "Uptown Funk," or "Almost Anything" by Daft Punk. Those are my dance songs. My favorites. Okay, okay. I I've never to, heard yeah. "Almost Anything," but that's probably good. <laughs> It could be a song name. You don't know. I'll pick one more time. There you go. So it's not so mm. broad. Mm -mm. What? One more time is a great dance song. It is. I'm true. It's true. I'm true. Um, okay. What is the most unexpected song on your playlist? I just did artists. <laughs> so Miranda Lambert's new project, Oof, the Marfa project. Yeah, that's, that's a good pick. And then Ash Nico, which is like a will pick. <laughs> I know. You know, I, who looked I, that I up. like it. I looked yeah. that up after. Did he? Did he suggest that to us as yeah, a one of album the songs. to do? And I was like, no. I oh, actually really like that summer. album. Pool song, the whole album. So that's unexpected for me because that's neither of those are really in my normal wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh God, right. I'm I'm interested to hear this one. I was it's, interested to hear all of these, but this one is. Fun time. 
Uh, what is your perfect concert lineup? Oh my God, Danny, I am so sorry. I treated you like you're different than everybody else. It's all I, wanted, right. I need worry. to do this. No, I need to do this again. Danny, what is the most unexpected song in your playlist? Now, here at B-Side Ourselves, we don't believe <laughs> in guilt. This is what we would normally call guilty pleasure. But we don't believe in guilty pleasures because you can listen to whatever the fuck you want to listen to. So we say unexpected song. Thanks, what is the Josh. most unexpected song on your playlist? And I'm not going to uh, cut out the mess up. I'm just, I want you to get the full guest mix experience. That felt really good. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the No, next you one. have to answer the question. I already told you. Marfa Projects <laughs> and National Eco. There you go. All right, perfect <laughs> concert lineup. Three to five musicians, bands, artists, living or dead, any era. I did six. <laughs> okay. That's fine. All right, so actually. One is the, af one is the after show. I was about to say five of them actually would sound pretty cool in a lineup for concerts. And then the last one, I'm going to do the after show because it does not fit with these at all. And these are actually bands I've never seen that I want to see that I could probably still see except for one. Yeah. So I've never seen Incubus and I really would love to see Incubus. I've never seen Peter Gabriel. My wife has seen Peter Gabriel. I've never I've seen, seen Incubus. <laughs> I've never seen Jimmy Eat World. I've seen them too. <sighs> I've never seen the Gorillas. For seven dollars, I saw them for seven dollars. Oh, fuck you! Andrews. Fuck you and your seven dollar tickets. Had like a Groupon or something. <laughs> and I can't see this band anymore, but I would love to see the Zombies because I've been really on a kick with them lately. Yeah, yeah. And then the band that does not fit in that would be the after show that I go get drunk Is at. Guar, Guar. No, I've seen Guar live. Guar is great live. <laughs> I've never seen Slipknot, and I'm a huge Slipknot fan, and I would love to see Slipknot, but that does not fit with the rest of these bands. <laughs> but I think like a Incubus, Peter Gabriel, Gorillas, Jimmy World show would be a pretty fucking dope show. Yeah. And weird, but, but it dope. would be all over the place. But yeah. Peter Gabriel would be the headliner, because let's be honest, he's a god. And then it would probably be Jimmy World opening, Gorillas, Incubus, Peter Gabriel. And then after show, Slipknot. <laughs> And the zombies will be a hologram. Mm, mm. Well, yeah, it's, you know, you can go to, you, Dio has a hologram tour that you can go to. So you could, yeah, we could, we could do that. We could make that work. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just, I, I didn't see it before, and I'm, I mean, I'm, we wouldn't have gone just for this band, but, um, you know, the Riot Fest lineup was like headliners for the most part didn't really care for me. And then, but the middle, like the the middle bands, yeah, they were there good. was like a lot wow. of bands. It was really good, but it was a lot of bands that I'd seen. But there was a f handful of bands that I'd like never seen that I wanted to see, like Saves the Day and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. But I, I well, there was one that I didn't notice on the flyer that I noticed today when I was scrolling through Instagram and Riot Fest had like posted the Sunday lineup for some reason. Body Count is playing. Ice really Cube metal band yeah was that in the middle of it like hit like stashed away that's yeah not top. that's I like, crazy i was like Tad, we might need to get sunday ticket God <laughs> killer. like if you get sunday tickets let me know i'll, no, I'll write up not, with we're it. not we're not going i to know that's too expensive <laughs> so but yeah i hope you guys learned a lot about me my name's danny i'm addicted to records hello danny <laughs> hi danny I think it started during the pandemic when I had nothing else to do. And I, <laughs> all right. Uh, I remember 
I, I know. remember I've... you coming into the apartment with a bunch of records and I'd be like, oh, it's payday. Let's just say <laughs> the pandemic has increased it. I've like collected records slowly since I was like, yeah, no, I don't know, you, 23 or 22. I'm like, oh, wow. It's got, I would have like one cube of records back then. And then I remember when we moved in together, I had a shit ton, but still in that to the point where I'm at now. This is I what love the pandemic it, did to me. Oh, you buy the black series? Figures and t-shirts. I thought you and, just were showing off all your t-shirts. You're buying more t-shirts? Josh, you have yeah, a problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have so many t-shirts. All right, it's time for the weekly rewind. I need to get like a sound effects machine and make these actual. <laughs> One day we're going to have a board and you'll just be able to hit it. Yeah. All right. What do you got? I know one you've got. I'll let you have it. I have a couple that you probably know that I got if you think about it. But um, the one that I think we're sharing is Restless Souls by Angels and Airwaves. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Although I will say my first thought was, Tom, what's going on with your voice? And my second, because his voice sounds different in it for some reason and my second song thought was this is really high you're not going to be able to sing this live remember he did just get nasal surgery mm. so i don't know if that's going to help him get higher or hurt him get higher i so i think with all due respect because i love tom DeLong, i think that he has a history of doing studio tracks that are too high for him to sing live so i saw a thing Online, this, I'm following like an Elkland Trio group on Facebook. And did the phone just dial? No. Oh, I thought I heard like a phone dial on your end. No. no. Are you high? Anyways, no. So they were talking about how like comparing uh, Matt Skiba and Tom. And they were yeah. talking about how like studio wise, Tom is better. Live wise, they think Matt's better. And I kind of agree with that. I believe it. Yeah. I All believe right. it. So yeah, what's and other Mark, songs? You got? Mark just sucks on both. No, he does not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so uh Possession 80, 1981's uh split came out. Oh my god, I did not listen to him. I'm a terrible I'm homework for well, the weekend. So it's not on their tracks, the tracks aren't on Spotify. You have to go on Bandcamp. I don't know oh, why. No. I was going to ask Doug about it. I follow them. I didn't see anything about that. Yeah, no, they're on the the split is out. the The tracks are both really good, um, and uh, but the, yeah, you have to listen to them on Bandcamp. So, but yeah, they are good. They're short. I mean, I can imagine. Yeah, um, but the, yeah, they shred just like uh, the stuff we've already heard. So. Um, if you guys listened to Possession 1981 when around the time that they were on, or you did because we put one of their songs in the episode, um, you know, go check these out because they're sweet. So, um, Lipstick Jody did a live performance with Audio Tree, and they actually like put those live tracks on Spotify. So they have like a live album on there now. It's kind of cool hearing how the synth stuff is performed live. Um, I thought it was kind of neat. So, um, meet me at the altar had a new song. Feel a thing. It's got some like That's video game one. sounds and stuff in the front. It's pretty cool. Um, I need to mention it cause it's 
part of my gimmick, but Melanie C put out another acoustic version of a song from her album, which was pretty cool. I'm I, I like that she's like using pandemic time to just like do stuff to put out more content. Like that's cool. Um and then last but not least, um Gunship put out a new Thank song. Thank you. I thought you were not gonna mention it. No, I was gonna do I was doing it last. I, I had it I had it second to last because I just added that Melanie C one right before the show and then I was like no I'm gonna do gunship last. So it's called Berserker. It's very good. Um, and it features Dave Lombardo from Sl Slayer, the drummer from Slayer. He's also the drummer for the Misfits now, I guess. And I feel like he was in one other huge band. But I mean, Slayer's his legacy, right? And then also Tyler Bates, who is a guitarist for Marilyn Manson. So we, I need to get this record, and you need to get this record. Yeah, the so it's a DC, DC Dark Knight's Death Metal soundtrack. Yeah, because it has so many good songs. And this week, the two, one of the two I have, I have the, the gunship. Also, the idol song "Sodium" is disturbingly great. I haven't and, checked out anything else on the on that record yet. I was planning on it, but I just haven't. I was a little annoyed be because Ghost got a cover as part of this thing. Like, they they did a uh, DC has this like heavy metal like comic line. And they did a thing where there was like comic art of several uh, from a variant covers with comic art of like different bands. Like the the ghost cover has like them and like a couple different like jokers or something. And I was like, oh, they got a cover, but they don't have a track on the album. I'm also just really thirsty for a new ghost because <laughs> to buy well, Tobias said last year he said winter 2021. And I'm like, um, my dude, it's June. What's up? But I guess I read on Reddit that now he said in an interview in some Swedish magazine that now the release date is like they're looking at like October. But I, I want to go over this death metal soundtrack with you because I want to look up the whole thing. You got Mastodon, great metal band. You got, let me see, who else do we care about? I don't care about Rise Against. Manchester Orchestra has got a song on there. Denzel Curry. Wow. Uh, Gunship. Show Me the Body. Soccer Mommy. That's weird. Soccer Mommy's got one on there. And then Idols. There's other bands too, but those are the ones I knew on it. The vinyl's pretty cool. So is this two a movie? Because it says soundtrack. No, it's, like a, no, it's, a, it's a, like a comic run or whatever. That's cool. Why can't more bands do that? I don't know. Or more comics. Alright, let me get back to my weekly rewind. Teenage Bottle Rock has a new song called Ghost Story, and it's great. Less Than Jake and Kill Lincoln put out a split EP, and both of their songs on it are awesome. Going Under by Kill Lincoln and Needs Some Shaking by Less Than Jake. And then I actually really like the new Tyler, the Creator song, Lumberjack. Chop that wood, baby. Yeah. All right. I, don't know. So, I didn't have a ton this week because that's it, and Angels and Airways. Not a big week for releases, but this is the time I want to tell you about something me and Ann are very excited about. It's the next record store release on July. Do we, do, July. we do that before what the fuck or after? Oh, you have a what the fuck? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I have two. Yeah. Do it. Um, so the first one, and this is just going to be me being old, but this artist uh, named Elko has this. It just came up in my thing because it's uh, it's on the new punk tracks and it's called Selfish. And this is a straight like Juice World like. I, I know this isn't the right term, but this is the term that I use for these like melodic auto-tuned like emo rappers. 
is SoundCloud rappers. That's just what I call them. I know that's probably wrong, and people are probably mad that I said that. Uh, sorry, Chris Caraba. Um, but it's in the new, and I know so, and I know that like this stuff is re it really is like a sp a spiritual successor to like emo. Yeah, but it shouldn't be on the new punk tracks because it's not like it's it's a a guy like auto tune sing rapping over a drum loop. Do you remember Broken Side? I don't know. Do you remember all the bands that came on the Cobra after Cobra Starship got huge? Cobra Starship like, still had like a guitarist and a drummer. I know, that. but like the bands that came after that were like electronic sounding. Do you remember Cash Cash? Yes. So I feel like it's evolved from that, but it's still, I don't know. I'm not 100% with it, but I'm not against it. Well, I guess I, I preface it by saying this is me being old. Well, kind of speaking of, I have some homework for you this week, so I want to hear your opinion next week. Okay. I forgot to figure out what my favorite Bagstreet Boys song was, too. <laughs> Kenny Hoopla's little thing mixtape dropped. Yeah. With Travis Barker. All eight songs, I think, are great, but I want to hear your opinion. Okay. And it's funny because, like, I really don't like Machine Gun Kelly, but some of these songs do kind of remind me of that style of Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> but it wasn't different. Machine Gun Kelly's style. It's him as a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> All right. What was so, your other what the fuck? Um, so there's just a song called Thuggish Ruggish Zoe, and it's TZ0. I don't know how you pronounce that, but, and it's literally, and, and it also said, like, Bone Thugs were on the song. And it's, he literally just took the the back track from Thuggish Ruggish Bone and is rapping over it. But then like the quality of it too, like is just it sounds like he's recording it on a potato. Like it's bad. Like the quality of this podcast is sound the vocal quality of this podcast sounds better than <laughs> and I'm like, why is this on Spotify? Like it's just some guy <laughs> some guy rapping over an already an already made track and it sounds bad. And the rapping's not great either like it's just yeah yeah but i don't know also i think i was more offended too that it was like a song that i uh, the, the original song is a song i like yeah. so i was like come on <laughs> but whatever touch my favorites yeah how dare you okay record store releases let's hear it there's one record store day july 17th i almost don't want to say because i don't want anyone else to go for it and i'm sure it's gonna go really well but do you like the foo fighters um, I, I, I appreciate the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Do you like the funny versions of Foo Fighters? What I don't know what that means. Like their music videos and stuff where they're funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, on July 17th, they're coming out with an album called The DG's Hail Satan, where they cover in disco form. It's It says Foo Fighters disco side project, a bunch of BG songs. That's and terrible. I am no, it's not sound terrible. You're terrible. This sounds amazing. so much. <laughs> this is gonna listen. be amazing. This might be like I wasn't even gonna really go to I mean, I'm sure it would have went way later in the day, but this makes me want to wait in line to get the DG's Hail Satan soundtrack. That's <laughs> isn't that awesome? The Foo Fighters covering disco songs by the Bee Gees in disco form. I'm I'm interested. <sighs> I'll give I give Dave Grohl has an uh has um infinite benefit of the doubt i know dave Grohl so. seems like such a cool fucking dude yeah i haven't checked um, youtube yet but there's nothing about it on 
Spotify. Like I know I shouldn't want to hear it early, but I want to hear it. I want to hear DG's song. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I don't hear it, I'm still gonna go buy it. Because come on. Oh, I love so, the Bee Gees and I love Foo Fighters. Speaking of of Anne, um, I was listening to. Uh, I was at my boss's house and um, they had like just music playing and they were playing the ELO Greatest Hits CD. Holy crap! I know more ELO songs than I realized, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I, th- I thought I only knew the um, Mr. Blue Skies, but no, I. No, That's I'm exactly like, what happened to me when Ann introduced me to ELO. I was like, oh. So, I know all these songs. I just didn't know. Like, yeah. I'm a fool. Very excited. Yeah, ELO is amazing. So. She opened my eyes. All right. That's all I got. Anything you got? What do you got? I ain't got nothing. What are we doing next week? Do you remember? I remember. I remember. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. The new fucking bear tooth comes oh, out. Right. We're about to get heavy. I was like, what? I was like, what? Yeah. We're doing a release episode. What is it called? Yeah, Beartooth. I am. Oh, first listen. Yeah, first listen. Yes, we're listening to Beartooth's new album. Comes out next Friday. I have it pre-ordered, but have no shipping information. So that means I'm not getting it before Friday, which sucks. I think I only know like one Beartooth song. Oh, man, they have so many good albums. And they put on an amazing show. It's a cool name, though. You know I'm yeah. all about band names. It's a cool name. I know you are. All right, that's all I got. You got anything? You got anything? What do you got? I'm done. I'm good. Well, in that case, listeners, thanks for listening. Time to flip the record over. I don't know what all these noises were. Sick. We did it. Josh, I'm proud of you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by former critics.